We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is, 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 very good. How are you? I'm doing great. For the second time in the week, we have Jack Alfonso. How are you? I'm okay. Two and one. Kind of seeing why I don't do this that often. I mean, like, we haven't had you on for probably five months, and then you come out two in the same week? Yeah, I'm not conditioned for this. You're making time. Yeah, your, your fitness is low, so we're going to have to get you through this. And special guests from 790 The Ticket, producer extraordinaire, Mr. Chris Cochran. How are you, sir? Welcome to the program. I feel honored right now. I feel, honored, I feel, right? I feel really like- honored. It's it's not about you guys. It's more like the company that, I have, that, uh, that, that has been on this show. Last week it was Riz, correct? Mm, yes, it was Riz. It was Riz. You've had Sedano on multiple times. Hey, You've had Izzy. Don't forget Jason Leisure. Don't forget Jason You've had Leisure. Leisure. You've had a lot of people in the South Florida market. Slim. Uh, Slim yeah. For the morning show. I mean, just... Ethan, Joy. Yeah, exactly. You've had everybody on here, so I uh, I, I feel honored, but I'm kind of bummed out that uh, Jack isn't really in a isn't in mid season form right now. He's out of shape. You I'll get into it. it. You're gonna have to reduce his minutes a little bit. I mean, last show he accused Clay Thompson of practicing Satanism, so I, I feel like he's in mid season form. I feel like that's more like fatigue. No, I don't know. I, that's, that, I mean, he came Early right out se- of the box with that. Okay, all right. Are we gonna do any more Satanism rituals here? No, I, I think I think we covered it last show. I think we covered it. Okay, uh, yeah, cool. Extensively. Uh, yeah. So, if you want to check that out, you can hear our last show. Um, before we get into any heat stuff, we as Heat Beat are taking in uh, some new staff. We need some writers. We need anybody with graphic design experience, web design, multimedia, video editing, audio editing, any of that. So you can check out our application at heatbeatmiami.com. Uh, we have a questionnaire. It's not that long. You just email it to us. Uh, all that information is there. Uh, heatbeatmiami at gmail.com. So you just email the application to there directly and copy me gnavis103 at gmail.com so please uh, if you are interested in contributing to our website we have a a whole staff and we want to welcome in some more people because we are growing every year so please check that out again hebeatmiami.com so last game that was played was against the Sacramento Kings and I guess I want to start with I thought Hassan was gonna kill Boogie Cousins at one point in that game. Leif, do you, you know you know the part I'm talking about where like there, there's an inbound and everybody's kind of setting picks to get open and, and Boogie's just like putting his face in Hassan's chest and Hassan's looking super annoyed. You know what I'm talking about? For sure, yeah. It, it, actually, people at the game said that that was happening a lot more than we saw during the broadcast, but um, it was progress that Hassan didn't 
try to tackle him, right? I mean, the Alex Len thing comes <laughs> to mind, which that probably would have ended so badly for Hassan had he done that. Yeah, I don't know that he wants to see Boogie Cousins' hands, but... Who wins um, that fight? Probably Boogie, right? Hassan. You think Hassan wins? Hassan form tackled a dude like two years ago. That's a valid point. <laughs> and he went after Boban. Yeah. Dude, I'd like to see also valid. Boogie do that. I think, I think Boogie could take Hassan and Boban. I mean, there's a lot of crazy involved in that. There's a lot of crazy. Is Boogie the crazy fighter? Like, you're kind of scared that he might kill you, but really he's doesn't know how to fight? No, I think Boogie knows how to fight, dude. You, you, you sure? I don't know, dude. You don't have that growl, snarl, surly it look. Could be, it, could be the, it could be just the, like, I'm, you know, I'm insecure face. No, there's no way that dude doesn't know how to fight. Leif? I don't know. Leif? I mean, it's possible. I mean, I, I, he's also I, a basketball player. And they really thought, don't know how to fight. I mean, so is you. I always thought Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning could fight, and then they like tried to throw hand, you know, throw punches, and neither of them could land. Him, no, wait so. a second. No, Zoe looks like he can't fight though. Like Zoe, like I think Zoe's genuinely a nice soul. Yeah, but he's pretty jacked. Like if you didn't see the fight, you would have thought this guy could, could kill so. Like you know, he, with one punch, he'll knock you out. And now you know we saw that. I don't know. I think it's close. Hassan's pretty big. He's he's pretty solid. I think Riley's probably been in more fist fights than Zoe. Riley, he's more yeah. scrap. He's in scraps. He's yeah, in scraps. Yeah. I mean, Riley, you know, Riley had to fight his way to the NBA. You know, Zoe's just supremely talented. I mean, Riley's Riley's and Riley played in a in the fight era. That's true. He got his teeth knocked out and threw him on the side and kept playing. I'm glad you brought up the teeth thing because I I've been wanting to talk about this for a couple weeks because Tyler Johnson. He's still missing his tooth, and he says he wants to keep this look for a while. Goran obviously has had many teeth knocked out, and I'm noticing a trend that it's white guys getting their teeth knocked out, and my theory on that is they feel like they have to prove themselves a little more, so they put their face in danger. And, like, dude, if a dude loses a teeth and throws it out, like, you know that that guy means business, right? Like, you know that he's he's trying to be tough. Other guys don't do that. I, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I think you know, it's a racing. I, I think it's. I think you it's think it's strictly game. like you think like so. You think Goran and, and Bumpy found the found like the loophole. I think like the toughest need, loophole. Yeah, because they want respect. But like Udonis isn't trying to get his teeth knocked out. You crazy? No, but he gets stitches though. Yeah, but that's not getting your teeth knocked out. No, because when you get the tooth knocked out, there's a lot of blood involved. So you're saying it's a it's a hockey player type. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Oh, perfect. In hockey, these dudes get their teeth knocked out all the time. Predominantly uh, white it, sport. This is kind of how it happens when you are one of the only white boys around. Um, and you feel like you might get jumped if you act really, really crazy. <laughs> if you come off as like the crazy white dude that might like that, bite that's your what, face. That's what I think or... of Boogie. That's what I think of Boogie. Like he's really crazy, but he's not white. <laughs> but overall, just a crazy guy. But could continue with uh, continue with uh, no, the crazy white theory. guy. You know, when you're when you do the crazy white boy thing, sometimes it allows you the opportunity to not get jumped as often. So. Um, or you get, or you get vined. So Gianni, you might be right, man. I don't know, dude. It's just a theory I've had. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just noticed that during the game, and I, I, I want, I made a note of it because I wanted to talk about it. Uh, but going back to the, going back to the game, so Boogie picks up six fouls in the fourth quarter, which is kind of, I'd like to know. I'm sure it's happened before, but I got, that was kind of weird, right? Jack, that he fouled out. He picked up six and a quarter, dude. Yeah, because Hassan is a beast. It's not like Hassan's Greatest going at. It's not like yeah. Hassan's D Wade. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean by that? I mean, he's better than D Wade. I mean, Dwayne. He washed. Hashtag washed. Who is, by the way, who is three point percentage has been plummeting since opening night. Has anybody noticed? It'll come back up. Regression to the mean. D Wade. So yeah, so. <clears throat> Um, I, I thought the six fouls was kind of. Oh, I think more interesting of that was Hassan playing with the five, and he didn't pick up one. Although he got pretty close, because it was a really physical matchup for him, right? So he's and and there was a lot of fifty-fifty calls. But I really like how he played through the five. Spo trusted him because uh, I think Willie Reed kind of forces him not to trust him because sometimes that's a disaster defensively. So I don't know. I really like how he played through that and how it ended up. It was kind of funny how Boogie got six and a quarter, dude. 
Yeah, I've never seen a guy who has who isn't intentionally going to hack a shack get six fouls that quickly. But he kind of spiraled out of control. I kind of felt like when Hassan figured out how to, um, like he when Hassan worked through his frustration. DeMarcus Cousins appeared to get more frustrated that he didn't, I guess, break Hassan or crack, get him to to bite on some of those plays. And, uh, you know, he just kind of started picking up ticky-tack fouls, reaching over the top, things like that. So uh, it was it was a weird thing to see happen, to see him unravel like that and not playing overtime. Can we say that Hassan played well that night because he didn't have the shooting percentage that you're used to? He got the rebounds. He was in foul trouble most of the game. He was out of sort. But, like, I thought at the end he did enough for them to win. Because I was having this argument with a friend of mine. And he was saying how bad Hassan played. And I couldn't make the argument that he played well, but I, I thought he played well enough. He played well late. I, I guess I that's, thought. yeah. He fought, he fought through some he fought through some fouls and got some man ones on it. But that's what, that was my thing. That took, like, watching him, I, was, I thought he was going to foul out. And he just never did. But isn't that the kind of growth you want, specifically from him, to shake off three and a half bad quarters and to put together a fourth quarter that's just enough for your team to win? Like, that's yeah. the kind of growth that people said, you know, even Dan saying, you know, how he's a bonehead and this is impressive. Like, so many people were saying how that's the kind of development that they didn't think they'd get from him. Yeah, I think that's kind of um, maybe the cool thing about it is. It definitely wasn't a good game for Hassan, but if that's what his bad game looks like, then he's definitely worse, worth the money. Like 14-11 with two blocks and after a crappy start, just finishing strong and getting Boogie to foul out. I mean, if that's his bad game, you can live with that. And let's look at let's look at this season and him specifically, right? So he's he's putting up numbers for a team that we think is pretty okay. They blew a 19-point lead to Charlotte. They played San Antonio close. You know, they've been in every game that they've been in. Like they've been in every game. There's not but they have not played a game this season that they're just not in. And I don't know, I think it's promising that this that the team's not bad. You know, it's a pretty decent team. Do we know that for a fact, that they're not bad? Do you think they're bad? I, I don't know. I mean, I think I, they very well may be bad. I think their well, address is that they look pretty bad, but I think they're pretty okay. I think they're okay. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're good enough to beat the bad teams, but they're going to lose. They're, they're going to be pretty average against the good teams. I mean, like they, to Char- Charlotte and San Antonio, like those are – uh, as Charlotte was home, and so I think you got to win that one. But to me, they beat Orlando convincingly. They, you know, they they came back against Sacramento. So yeah, I don't know if they're terrible, if they're bad, or if they're good. I still don't know. And they played a really good game against San Antonio, which understandably was playing its second night of a back to back without Lamarcus Aldridge. So like, I, and without Danny Green. So there's there's some qualifiers there. And again, they're not one of the elite teams of the conference, and they might miss the playoffs. But I, I don't think that they're bad by any means. They're they're gonna be they're gonna be competitive because they play hard. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, so they're they're gonna stay in a lot of games. They're gonna push good teams, but probably not win most of those games. They just don't have enough talent. I mean, there's points in the game when Goran is on the bench where. Uh, they look like they don't know what they want to do. They can't get a good shot. Nobody's getting organized. I mean, that's just kind of what this roster is um, is going to look like throughout the year. They're, when they play bad teams, they're probably going to be able to pull out wins because they defend well. They're shooting a lot of threes, um, shooting a pretty good percentage. But, you know, the San Antonio's, the Golden States of the world, you know, even the Clevelands, they're, they're not going to fare. <laughs> necessarily so well against those teams but i think i I, I in relation to hassan it's promising that he is playing hard right because the questions i don't think have ever been about his ability i think we kind of realized early on that he was a good player and he was going to be good at what he's good at he's going to be a good finisher he's going to be good in the pick and roll especially after he started screening better Uh, these are all things that we knew he was good at and now he's playing hard. He's not fishing for blocks. Like, I love the growth and the improvement and that the investment, it would appear, is going to pay itself off. Somebody. Yeah. Cockers. No, it's cool. 
He's good at basketball. I hold like on, wait that. Wait a second. Wait, hold on. Wait. Let's pause. I say something and I'm throwing it to to my panel. I get, I get met with silence and then Jack is like, "Yeah, that that that's cool." It's a great thing that he's good at basketball. I hate you, dude. It would be pretty bad so if he much. wasn't good at basketball. You know what? You're, we're right. You you you're not in midseason form. I take it back. I, okay, fine. I will fix it. I guess. Yeah, we won't be silent. No, I, you I, too, I mean, Cochran. <laughs> okay, Caesar wouldn't me. do this to me. <laughs> you don't like the awkward pauses? No, I want to keep the show moving. That is the show. That is. I mean, I, I you I, get the I, show. I, uh, but uh, I mean, for for me, the season. I think Hassan. For me to like, I guess, feel optimistic is Hassan has to play well, which he has. You have to see growth out of Bumpy, and you have to uh. see growth out of Justice. Uh, we don't know Josh yet because he is not back yet. But those are the only guys I care about on this team are those three, four guys. The rest, Goran, he's there. He's good. You know what you're going to get from him. But outs- but Babbitt, we don't know if he's he's not going to be back next year. Derek Williams, Deion Waiters, Willie Reed, you like what you see from him. So those I only care about like three or four guys on this team. Magruder. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, 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 are Jack and I the only ones high on Magruder? I uh, like Magruder. We just don't know enough about him. Like he hasn't shown enough to prove that we should like invest in him emotionally or forty-two like, percent shooter. I mean, I think he's shown more that we would have. Uh, you know, like we have more reason to be optimistic about his future than to be pessimistic about it. I mean, he's played well, he's got in uh, and been able to give, you know, contribute minutes right off the bat at the beginning of the season. I don't think anybody necessarily expected that. Uh, But yeah, it's it's four games. I mean, it's tough to know anything about any of these guys after four games. You know, it's a small sample size kind of deal. He's three for seven from three. So that is the that's as small as a sample as you can. <laughs> What's Goran from three? Goran is actually a lot better this year, and I'm glad you brought that up. So Goran is I have the wrong year pulled up. I believe he's like forty forty eight percent or something uh-huh. something fifty two percent from three this year. That's sustainable. Yeah, totally sustainable. But the interesting thing about him is his shot distribution, right? So like I'm thinking, why is Goran shooting better? And it's kind of weird because to me, it would appear that he's getting a lot of the same shots, which he kind of is. So by percentage, his catch and shoot versus pull, because he has the ball in his hands a lot. And I don't, he he has not really been a great guy to pull up, you know, like a pull up shooter. Uh, Last season, he was in the 30s and and low low 30s. Uh, This season, he's 33%. Um, That really good year in Phoenix he had. Uh, he was he was closer to forty percent, but as a as in a Heat uniform, he has not been good off the dribble shooting. So he's shooting a lot of catch and shoots, which he did last year as well because he was off the ball when Dwayne had it. And I'm just I'm not getting why he's he's getting he's a better shooter this year, and he's getting essentially the same shots. He's a weird case because he he has a weird shot chart when you look at it because he shoots significantly better historically from the top of the arc than he does from the corners or the sides. So I can't really get a gauge on him whether he's like a good shooter or an average shooter or like a mediocre shooter. So sample size. Well, again, sample size and it's really early, but I mean, this is okay. This is, I'm going to let the audience in on on a trick. This is a secret of the beginning of basketball season. You just write, you run with the Atlanta storyline that the numbers give you because it's a small sample and you can do it now. You can't do it later. Pro tip. Um, This season, Goran has had quite a bit of open shots. Most of his shots have been open. Uh, Three of, uh, three of his ten attempts uh, have been open four to six feet. Uh, he's made he's but he's missing some of those two. So he's three to ten, four to six, like a defender four to six feet away, and uh, six plus feet away. He's four or four, but a lot of them are coming with a guy two feet away from him. He's taken half his shots from there. So again, it, it's a mix of open and not open. So I, I don't like Jack saying he's he's kind of weird in that regard. What? Well, I, I'm sorry, I fell asleep for a second. Those numbers. See, this is why, this is why it's nice to have Alf and Leif. This is your job when Alf's not here. You need to make fun of me when I bring in stats. Well, I mean, but okay. 
I shall do so going forward. So I want to get into some Luke Babbitt talk. And by Luke Babbitt talk, I mean how he had the ultra green light last game. Uh, Cochran, do you know know what I'm talking about, right? There was a stretch where he shot like six straight shots. The one where – see, I call those stretches like I just need one to go in. Dude, he he just – Kobe you just say S. to yourself. You just say to yourself. I just need one or two to go in, and I'm and I'm rolling, coach. I'm rolling. You can't take me out once I get going. He was and- Kobe esque. <laughs> if he doesn't make threes, he can't play. So he has to shoot it as many times as possible because he's absolutely horrendous. Wh- like he's not. What else is he contributing? I mean, he doesn't necessarily play defense so well. He doesn't um, do Game the little fight. things. Uh, he's just a shooter, so he's got to continue to shoot, shoot, shoot. I don't know what else to say about him. But no, but I, but you know the stretch I'm talking about where like he's just wide open and he's taking oh, yeah. every shot and I'm wondering like is Coach Staff like oh are they cool with this? Spo said today I wish I want him to get ten attempts next game. He has the green light, so I mean obviously they are. He's kind of going about it in a little bit of an Antoine Walker way. But uh but that's what they want him to do. That's his role. Put him up. Uh, yeah, if you're not contributing anything else to the team, you have to do that. You have to just let it fly. And if you hit 40%, you know, out of 10, you'll take that every time. The starting lineup has far and away played the most minutes on the team, and they're far and away the best in terms of net rating. So they're outscoring opponents 31 points per 100 possessions with the starters. Uh, their defense is really good. It's They're yielding 85 points per 100 possessions, and their offense is, is putting up 116 points per 100 possessions. So they're really good with the starters. Babbitt, Gorin, Dion, Hassan, and Justice. Alpha's going to hate this podcast so much. He's just going to curse. Honestly, I think we need more Dion. Uh, he played 42 minutes in the Kings game. I think we could have pushed that up to 48. <laughs> really need his activity. He's very active. He's very you love active. his activity, man. I, it's commendable. He doesn't always know what he's doing, but he's trying something. You just want him to look busy. Yeah. <laughs> he's working hard. Just, just look someone. He's the guy that I guess when you're at work and you just, when you see your boss walk by, just look busy. Just look like you're doing something. Try to fit in a little bit. It might not work, but hey. His layups get blocked by the rim a lot. <laughs> Why like, is he game. so bad at layups? It's weird. He's he just. Like, I feel like he doesn't decide what he's like gonna do until like it's already too late. He's like if you gave Justice Winslow a lobotomy. Just like he tries really hard, but I don't think he knows what's going on on the court. Dion is eight for twenty-four inside five feet. How is that? He gets there so. He's so good at getting there. Why is he so bad at finishing? <laughs> yeah, I, go ahead, Cochran. He's not good. Whoa! I feel like whoa! I, Don't slander Dion. It's big D Wade Jr. I mean, I'm just like I'm watching him play, and I'm just like, okay, so he had a he, he had a decent game, but he's gonna have games like that throughout the year. But he's just so frustrating to watch, and it's not even like an entertaining frustrating. It is just. What, what are you doing, Dion? What are you doing? I think it's an entertaining, frustrating. You disagree? I think it's fun. Uh, no, it drives me nuts. It, those kind of players, man, drive me up a wall. It's but fun it's in a year when you don't expect to win anything. But if we were, you know, if we were trying to go and win any semblance of, if this um, was last season, if this was yeah, last year, your head would explode. Oh my yeah, god, I would be so mad at him. Because the stakes, you feel like the stakes are a little bit higher. And you know, in the preseason, Deion Waiters was uh, was a facilitator. He was getting assists and and distributing the ball. And I kind of thought that was going to be the new version of Dion that. This is what I thought, y'all. The heat culture was going to just imprint upon him this amazing new way of playing. And uh, it it hasn't necessarily happened that way. It can only go so far. And I think Dion's immune to it. He reminds me, uh, just like Ricky Davis. He does have a little bit of Ricky in him. Ricky Davis. Like, it, he, he, it would not shock me if he's on the verge of a triple-double. He, like, he tries to miss a layup on his own rim to get the rebound. I will say this about Dion's passing. The guys he's giving the ball to are getting good shots. Like Tyler Johnson is shooting 60% off passes from Dion. Hassan Whiteside, 60%. Gorin, 80%. The only not good one is Luke Babbitt, and he's two of nine. And I'm sure that they were all open threes. 
It's got a great first step, and uh, you know, like he he can, like you said, he could get to the basket. He just can't finish it. So it's almost like you wish he would pass it all the time and just keep getting these other guys high percentage shots because eight for twenty four within five feet is no bueno. <laughs> Like, but he's he's an enigma, right? Because he has the talent to do it, and he he does things that are just why is your brain wired that way? Like those two shots at the end of the game, even the one he made. Oh my God, Tristan Thompson just yammed on some white guy on the Celtics. Did he really get that Chloe tattoo? Was that real? No. I think I, I think that was fake. I uh, hope so, because I would feel bad for that man. He's in love. No, dude, you don't do that in love no i don't care how in love you are you don't get it how long is they what like it's no <laughs> i mean I, I what's your what's your love with the kardashian you know no take, it takes your life to the next step is it true that lebron was mad at that because like i saw those twitter rumors but i wasn't sure how like true that was i don't think any of it's that true i wanted it to be true so you, you didn't want it to be true you seem baffled by the fact that like they're together. Yeah. I, I want to know why. Is it that she's human and not drawn? No. <laughs> what? Listen, th- 3D girls are overrated, okay? Waifus are what's up. Uh, no, I don't know. It's just... It's because she's a Kardashian. Yeah, it's because she's a Kardashian, and there's like a a stig- and like I, I don't want to stigmatize them, but I'm I mean, she, uh, well, Kim, I mean, Kim, Kim dated Kim, Chris Humphreys. I mean, we've seen her. this happen before. Yeah, she dated Chris Humphreys. Uh, Kim dated Chris Humphreys. Miles Austin. I, I feel like this is actually in line. Lo- Chloe's actually done better. She dated. Look Miles, at Lamar. Kim, Kim dated Miles Austin. Yes, I don't remember. Uh, that's that. yeah. yeah, she Bush. did. Yeah, I feel like Chloe stepped her game up a little bit in the in the dating. I can't believe we're talking about this. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. So, like, Wait, well, hold on. Has, have any of them dated a Hall of Famer? No, no. But Lamar I, I, maybe Odom is a Hall of Famer in my maybe heart. maybe in the rap Hall of Fame. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's even questionable. But Ooh, that's, Leif, a, that's a hot take, Leif. That's a hot take, dude. Yeah, you know. I'm not a huge Kanye guy. I um I read this really funny tweet that I felt bad that I laughed at, and it said Chloe has more Eastern Conference Finals experience than Chris Paul. Or <laughs> <laughs> Western Conference Finals. It was so I was like, oh, I cannot believe I laughed at that dude. Like it was worth the chuckle. It was worth the chuckle. I, I giggled. It was funny. Why are we talking about Tristan Thompson? Uh, you saw him dunk. You saw him dunk on a white guy. Like, how did we get? Yeah, I was like, how did we arrive here? I was like, why are we talking about, you know, which Kardashians done better? It's it's the stuff that people want to hear about. Though, I mean, so. and you felt it very necessary to specify he dunked on a white dude, Johnny. You're always playing the race card. You like you do that Dan thing so much. Is it with a this Dan race. thing? Because I don't know how to describe. Because I, I would have said who it was, but I just saw him dunk on somebody, and he was a white dude. And I figured, you know, that that'll narrow it down. I mean, but you did bring race up earlier. I did. Yeah. Yes. Well, because, that, but am I right about the tooth thing or what? Tell me I'm wrong. I don't know any. I don't know anymore. Tell me I'm wrong, dude. Somebody tell me. You're wrong. Probably wrong, dude. Every time I look at the screen, it's frozen. It's just Leif laughing. I just can't stop laughing. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It looks like you're enjoying yourself. So, like when I look over, it looks like you know we're all having fun. When in reality, well, yeah, it's a disaster. For sure. Yeah, no. yeah, this is absolutely a disaster, but it's still fun. But by the picture, it, it looks like you're having a lot. Of fun. I can't even see him. It's just loading. Still. You can't. Oh, Leif is still loading for you. He's just constantly loading. Well, I've ju- been staring yeah. at this thing for like the past two minutes. Sorry about your bad luck, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're really missing out here. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> my God. So Russell Westbrook's going to drop like 60 on, on Golden State tonight, right? I That's what's so. going to happen? No. I hope so. No, I want the revenge tour, like, full effect. I want a nasty dunk on Durant. I want Durant to dunk on Russ and then Draymond Green to kick Russ. Why Just, is this? This is. Cool. I don't know. Everybody wants Westbrook to get revenge. Yeah. And I kind of like like to see everybody be disappointed we had too much feel good with the cubs win 
You've been in a rough mood lately, man. Yeah, you're being negative, Jack. I'm sorry. Are you grumpy? You okay? What's wrong, dude? Hey, let's talk about this. I don't know. Justice Winslow. Everything okay? Nine points the other night. I mean, that's that's what it's going to be like, man. It's going to be slow development. I'm the one who they say takes all this stuff too seriously, man. Lighten up. It's all good. It's just one nine-point game. He had 18 the night before. Thanks. Thanks for cheering me up. Well, see, you know, now that you brought up Justice, somebody was making the comparison, uh, would you be happy if he's Igudala? And I could totally see him kind of taking that career parabola. I'm sorry. I just turned to my screen and I saw Leif laughing again. It's really funny. Um, I, I think that's a I think that's a doable career path. The Iguodala, right? Yeah. No, I've been saying this since last year. For what yeah, team, though? He looks a lot like Iguodala. For just his skill set. Um, not a great shooter. At least I, I mean, Iguodala ended up becoming a decent shooter. Um, Good, like very good passer, elite defender, um, very athletic, does a lot of things, not necessarily a superstar, but kind of gives you everything. Super very valuable good player, Olympian. The, th- the yeah. thing with that is, is I, I mean, that's a good comparison, and for him, that's great. But when I see these comparisons, like, are you saying he could be Andre Iguodala and stay with the Heat, or is he going to be Andre Iguodala on another team? I think he'll just never have the responsibility on offense that Iguodala had early in his year in Philadelphia. Like after Iverson left, that when you know they were like Thaddeus Young, yeah, the eight-seeded Sixers. Uh, I get. I, I, it's just I, I. Those are. I mean, I like the comparisons, but I always, I, I always look at it like, how does this impact the Heat? Is he going to finish with the Heat as that guy? Um, and maybe you could help me like look at it. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Well, uh, it dep- what Iguodala are we talking about? Are we talking about the prime Iguodala from Philadelphia? Like that deal? Like the, like the, like the, no, like the, like I, the or, or, the, or like the six-man, hold-it-together, glue guy, Shane Battier of a yes. championship team. Like, like, well, he was more than Shane Battier, to be fair. He was the finals he, MVP. Yeah, he, he shut down LeBron. Also, I think, like, it doesn't necessarily say anything about what justice is going to be in terms of quality. I just think his skill set is very similar to what Iguodala's was, and I could see that development happening for him. I don't know if he's going to be like exactly like Iguodala, or better or worse, but Some sort I just think that's the type of player. We'll yeah, see. so we need to continue to talk about Justice Winslow because Jack just like actually he's gave totally us good energy, content, energy opinions. Look at that, Jack. See, like. Iguodala is having, you know, after a certain point, the the usage, you know, started going down uh, to like the teens, you know, 17, 16, 13, like something like that for Justice, I think is a nice sweet spot where he's handling the ball enough, but he's not, you know, captaining an offense. You're gonna need to give him. You're gonna need to pair him up with another with another star, though. Oh, of which course. Is, yeah, which is which is what they have, which is Josh Richardson, Eddie Jones, basically. Boom. <laughs> like if you- I like it, I like him a lot. If you pair him with like young Dwayne Wade, that'd be really nice. We no, just I'm need shooting in that lineup. I don't even know what you guys are talking about, but we need to draft Dennis Smith. Who is that? Just go YouTube him. Does Dennis Smith shoot? Uh he does everything. He's he's nasty, man. I think he's gonna play at NC State one year. They're going to, I mean, I guess their need going into next season, I don't know if they'll draft it or they'll try to find it for agencies. They need power forwards because that rotation's terrible. I also think they need a point guard probably, right? Like, yeah. I love Goron, but... Yeah, isn't that what they paid? Nobody the thinks he's the for? future of the team. Isn't the pimple face the future? <laughs> isn't that what this is for? Isn't that what all that money's for, the point guard of the future? You get really I, mad when you yeah. think about Tyler. You got to put him in a box. The, the Heat need, need a point, point guard, point. and I, I thought they just signed one You know, for a lot one of money. Thing shooting no, guard. One thing I've noticed is you guys all have your trigger points. <laughs> it's just something will each let something will each set you off. Like it's, uh, tra- it's anybody uh, want to say something bad about Riley so we can get Leif involved? Uh, I, I mean, what what's more to say? He gave Chris Bosh blood clots. That's you know, know. Let me just, let me go to Coachy Ramos's Twitter account and start reading it so that Jack uh, Leif can get triggered. Um, 
The you see you're bad teammates because you're supposed to laugh even if you didn't think that was funny. So we can move the show along. Did you tell a joke? Yes, I did tell a joke. I thought you were just segueing. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't. I can't do that if we want, but I'm not. I'm not promising it's going to be entertaining. I think I've been a lot more objective lately about the money. Yeah, you've been. You've, you've been. You've been better, Leif. You've been better. You've been I think better. I've probably been worse. Winslow yeah. is a Swiss Army knife. Miami relegated to only clipping nails last season. What? <laughs> it's downright unlikely Winslow ends up a superstar. The first season was historically bad offensively. Are you reading something? I'm reading Coachy Ramos' Twitter account. Oh, okay. That just... Yeah. Now we have really gone into the doldrums that just what this podcast, this podcast. I'm trying to, I'm I mean, try, like, I'm trying to trigger him. Yo. <laughs> Look those, me in those, my those face, are some, Those are some good takes, man. Those are some good takes. I'm into this now. This is why he's writing for my new website. <laughs> if you don't know, I'm quitting Miami Heat Beat. Starting Assets and Titles... Um, read us we're really good we don't play results um fair and balanced stuff there's i like it there's a pay i like it a pay homage to hinky tweet here because you know hinky's a better general manager than pat riley of course he is yeah of course i like that process though I love that Embiid's nickname is the process that's a pretty bad nickname they're all in on the troll yeah dude that's so funny Poor Hinky, I don't know. Though. There's some people that live and die by that stuff. I mean, Kochi and Dutch are two examples of them. And Jack. I, I, uh, I, I think there's just a fine line between it with, with uh, the tanking and the process versus being competitive. Because it's been it's pretty it's been proven that like if you tank, it, like it works out for you in the NBA over the NFL. But when does it really work? What team can we point to that that you know that they deliberately tanked, that then they actually became good and won anything? What? Well, I I remember when the Celtics uh, they were tanking when they had Doc Rivers, and this is before they got Garnett. Uh, they decided to, they decided to just let it go. But then they and ultimately that, just pushed all those chips to the table and got. Yeah, which is all which is like part of the the, the tanking process. thing. Yeah, that's part of that's part of which, the coaching it's part, process. It's part of the process, but like, I like, I don't think you can continually do it though. That's the thing. Like, I, I'm okay with it, like one year, but outside of that, like, you can't keep going. You can't keep doing it where it's like three or four years. I thought the whole point of the process was is that you acquire these players that are young on on small money because they're going to be value compared to their contribution. So you just continue to stack those chips as much as you can. Is that is that not what the process is? Do I not it's understand? A part the of the process. process. That's a, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of the, to the process. It's layered, Leif. It's layered. It's, it's very. It's just not taken. It's multi pronged. It's multi pronged. Yeah. I I question uh, Riley's process now. Like I don't know how with the whole Dwayne thing. I don't know if it's been affected. Like I don't know if it's uh. You know, if I, it's gonna work out. I was making that argument when it happened. How. I don't know, and I guess Leif kind of talked me out of this thinking, but I was, I was. Well, I, I've talked to Ethan about it because, you know, it, it's it's great when you have Dwayne, but when you when it ends bad, it, it, is his hurt reputation going to make it difficult for them yeah. to get a star? I don't think stars are going to want to come here right now. Regardless, we're not a very good team right now. Uh. If Justice Winslow develops to the point, or or Josh Richardson for that matter, or it's Tyler really Johnson develop to the point where they're good enough that stars want to come play with them, then it won't be an issue. Pat Riley's not, I don't think, is really super relevant to the future of this team in terms of attracting stars as much as Justice and Josh are. I mean, if you're asking me if Chris Paul and Ben Simmons and Eric Bledsoe are going to want to come play in Miami, probably not. Uh, but I don't think that there's like this widespread thing about Riley throughout the league where you're going to see decades and decades go by where everyone avoids the franchise like a plague. I think that that's, you know, that's wishful thinking on a lot of people's part that are not 
fans of Riley, but uh, you know, like hit also in terms of the vision long term, I think it's really more about Coach Spo. And you can't deny that players want to play for Spo and they come to Miami um to some degree because of the way that he tends to maximize talent. I mean, am I off base there? Derek Wood my- said that. That's why he came down to Miami was uh was Spo. And now he hasn't played yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Because, you know what Williams. that is? That's because the Heat, they're just awful people and they treat other players so badly. Um, you know, that's what they tell me all the time. They're, they you bamboozle know? people. Yeah, exactly. It's just they're classless. How bad does Derek Williams have to be that he can't break this awful power forward rotation? He's pretty terrible. Yes. He's, he's, he's like, he's been a disaster. He's Derek Williams. He's not. <laughs> Good. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not a good guy. He's not a good basketball. He's probably a very nice person in real life that got robbed at a by a strip by a, what was it escorts or strippers in New York? Did, yeah. Did that happen? Oh, that did yeah. happen. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. He's not too smart either. I bet that Spo was like, yeah, he probably found out about that story. He was like, yeah, we can't start you. <laughs> I'm sorry. This guy's his charity job, Derek. Like, I've changed. <laughs> yeah. coach. I've changed. We did our homework. We we actually just did our homework. And uh, we've decided you're not going to start, man. Speaking of Spo, there have been some questionable things happening at the end of games. And I think part of it is Dion just being Dion. And I cannot for the life of me understand why down the stretch they look so confused. I don't get They're it. They're young and they don't know how to play together. Goran, Goran, hold on, wait a second. Goran doesn't know to wait for a high pick because that's their best <laughs> offense. Like, what? I don't understand. What am I missing? They don't have the vets, the savvy vets. Yeah. I mean, There's I know, Jack, and I'm, I'm being serious. Like, what is there? Like, I, there was a point in that game where Gorn's dribbling on the side of the court trying to, like, do 50 crossovers to try to get to the rim. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's a well, culture thing. The culture is not strong enough. We need they don't to have the, they don't have they don't have enough high IQ guys. They don't have enough high IQ basketball players. They, no, this is what happens. Like truthfully, if you want a straight answer, at the end of games, it's a half court game. It's not a full court game, and that's when guys like Dwayne Wade were valuable because you could just give them the ball, get out of the way, and they would kind of, you know, be methodical about the way they approached uh, those late game situations. Goran doesn't do that. He wants to dribble around in circles and look for. Um, you know, like a- angles to the basket or cutters. Exactly. So it's like he's not really that guy that you just throw it to and everybody gets out of the way and he directs traffic at the end of games uh, when it's a half court style. Dion, th- Dion thinks he's that. Correct. He Dion's got a little bit more of that in him. It's just he is not necessarily going to finish at the same rate as Dwayne did. Dion's more <laughs> Dion's capable of making difficult shots I guess is the thing with him right like he can take a bad shot and he has a better chance of it dropping than other guys because he can get it whenever he wants he may just take more of them than no and that, and that that's do. also true so th- that does skew the math but but I, I still don't get why at the end of the game they don't run high pick and roll because that seems to be where they're most successful with the shooter weak side and that was not happening it was Goran dribbling around in circles like Leif was saying looking for a cutter or it was Dion you know doing what Dion does my head exploded on that play like <laughs> which one because like- both of them were awful I was just like, that's what happened out of a time. Like, that's what happened. But that's clearly broken play, right? Like, that's not, like, suppose not drawing that up. Or unless I, I refuse to think he's drawing He's that a master up. tanker, and then in which case. Dion probably waved off the play. When they came out of the timeout, he said, screw that. Throw me the ball. Get How out of the Dion way. I'm, I'm Dion Bates, damn it. I, this is what this is what it is. Dion is coming to those guys and he's saying, "I knew LeBron was leaving here before any of y'all did, including Riley. I was respect. told before all y'all, so you better respect me and get out of the way, so I can take fadeaway jumpers late in the shot clock, and Alf can drink because of it." Oh my God. <laughs> I have a theory about this. Actually, I like it's the whole Dion conspiracy. What's the Dion conspiracy? Well, Pat Riley. Eric Spolstra, the Miami Heat organization, they would never admit to wanting to tank. Their culture is too good for that. They're all about culture. But if they sign Dion and play him just enough where they lose a lot of close games, they'll still get a high pick. But they'll look like they're trying. I like that. I like yeah. that. I'm so I, woke. And I've said from the summertime that this 
roster is built specifically so they can play as hard as possible and still only win about 36 games. And I mean, that's really what it's about. I mean, it's just not a, a, when we did our prediction article, I said 40, I think I said 44 because I was really excited. You have the guts, Leif, because you have the guts. (laughs) No, because Alf went 48, so I'm not, you know. (laughs) Dude, Alf's a psycho. 48 is Wow. But, you know, upon reflection, I think around 36 is more uh, what this team is. So you think it's going to be like a bait? You think it's like a bait and switch type thing? It's, uh, we'll get you into the game, but we'll really show you. This is the result you'll get. Yeah, but then they have to play Derek Williams more if they're committed to this. Or is that making it? I don't know. Maybe he's good, actually. I mean, wait till the injury bug hits. I mean, like, Hassan. Starters out, and then you got to, you know, go deep into that really. Weird bench. <laughs> Weird's a nice way to put it. Where Yankovic comes back, like, like just makes the call. Well, imagine if Miami loses Justice Winslow at any point in the season. And then not only do you have a hole at power forward, you have a giant hole at small forward. Because your best small forward is Justice Winslow. Your best power forward is Justice Winslow. And then who's your next best small forward james johnson i know what they should do they should trade their 2017 first rounder for rudy gay trade their first round pick for rudy gay because then they'll win more games so i think that that's the best plan what do you guys think i think no i think trading gorn for gay is good because then you start the tankathon i was sorry i don't know i think i i don't know i don't know i think you got to keep it the way it is i saw rudy he looked decent on that he looked pretty good that was a tryout dude that was, oh, that was a tryout for next that year. Was, that was that was no, that was his heat tryout. He was like, "Hey, Riley, look at me." No, cool. I just wanted to let that awkward silence. No, sit. <laughs> it's it's good. It, it, it's better. It's game. better because we could see you. We could see you just sit in your chair and spin. <laughs> I hate you guys. I could be watching anime, having fun, not dealing with use. I'm gonna be in my trailer. Johnny, can I ask you something real quick? Yes, sir. Um. You said a word earlier, and I've been thinking about it for the past. How long have we been doing this? Forty, probably twenty minutes. minutes. We've been. Um, can you say the word um, homage again? Homage. Okay. The way you said it earlier, you were stressing that H. Homage. I just thought it was interesting. There, that was strong. Like yeah, hummus. Homage. That's even stronger. I, hmm. I, the, I was. I remember. <sighs> Homage. One of the, I think the second time I ever went to New York, uh, my friend took me to a Mediterranean restaurant, and when the waiter said hummus, I knew I was in somewhere very authentic, and I was in for a great meal, which I was, by the way. Can you spell homage? Homage. He's googling. It's no, I'm writing it. I'm writing it in my spell check. H O M A G E. Homage. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I, yeah, it's, I misspelled Anthony Chang's name today. That was bad. He cor- he corrected you too. Why am I bad at spelling? Like, is this because I, I, I feel like I thought everybody was bad at spelling, and Twitter made me realize that only I'm bad at spelling. Well, I thought that was autocorrect. No, I just can't spell. I have autocorrect off. Oh, maybe you I can't th- type. Maybe it's typing. It's well, a hand-eye connection thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of... Th- I, I refuse to think that you're bad at spelling. Can I you just play sports? Play- I can play sports, yes. I'm actually sneaky. Like, can you get a baseball? I cannot do baseball. Uh, volleyball. I'm a volleyball player. I play basketball. So- I'm a pretty decent basketball player. I'm a good soccer player. Do you like to play? Never mind. But what you no, 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 no. Say it. Say it. Let's go. It appears as if you play sports that have bigger balls compared to smaller ones. I play tennis. Okay, that's a smaller ball. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking if the hand-eye coordination could have something to do with the way you type. Oh, I'm clumsy. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm a clumsy person, but I'm not bad at sports. I'm kind of, I, I kind of am Deion Waiters in sports because, like, I'm only okay, but. I try to do like wild highlight. I live for the highlight. Like when I play sports, I live for the highlight. I'm always trying to make a highlight, even though I know it's stupid. So like in basketball, I'm going to try to cross you up and shoot a fadeaway, even though I know it's stupid, but I live for the highlight. I can't. You can, you can cross up. You can like, you can do a cross up. Of course not. Of course not. It's slow. I'm fat. So it's slow. 
I mean, I'll well, yeah, I'm fat too, but I can I can do a crossover dribble. It's a really slow crossover, but it's a crossover. I mean, I won't lose the handle. Does this surprise you that I can that I can play sports? Uh, I don't, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I, it's, I have to see it to believe it. <laughs> I'm, I can like legitimately play volleyball though, and I can legitimately I, play. Some. I saw some of those Heat Twitter classic basketball games, and it was not pretty to watch. Not, I know. No, no, it wasn't. It so wasn't, wait, what is wasn't. that? I've heard of that, and I, I what what is that? It's uh, I've only been the one. I've only been the one of them, mainly because they like to play them at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday or Sunday when it's hot as balls outside, and I just don't want to die of a heart attack. Awful idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's basically just pickup games that uh, they've gone to Miami Lakes. I don't know what school is. They've got basically just play pickup basketball. And uh, who from Heat Twitter goes? Uh, all the old I, heads. When I yeah, when I went, that's another discussion I want to get into. I want to get into the the the, the new era and old era of Heat. They Twitter. all hate me, I think, man. I think all of the old Heat Twitter Twitter heads. I think is I, I I think is I think of you as old Heat Twitter. Like there's a like I think I, of uh, I thought so too, but I don't know. I don't get that feeling. I I think of uh so if my old Heat Twitter would be uh Slim, uh Dan Gnarly, Alf, uh Benjamin. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. These people, and so like, Bill. Ex- yeah, exactly. Like we all, so we all, we're all in line yeah, on who like we, we think. We know is. the era. Yeah, the OGs. And so then I'll see like I'll I'll just see random people pop up that like claim he Twitter. I'm like, what is this? I can't identify with this. Like me. No, no, you're re- you're re- you'll you'll know. And this is the thing that drives this is what drives me nuts about uh about it is because it's the new ones like the young kids on the block. Uh, Mike Scriba, he's one of them. He's one of them. There's a there's a bunch of them. When, when do you guys think he became a fan? Like 2010, like around July. Hey, calm down about my boy Scriba. <laughs> Shout out to Scriba. No, I love Scriba, dude. Like I I know like we poke fun at him. I, I think he's cool. No, I, I think he I think he likes the team legitimately. I do like thinking about the divide between the old it's fa- era. It's fascinating. It's fascinating stuff. It really is. I I want to. I wish there was a paper written on it. Jack, are you? What, Jack, what are your new heat Twitter? Right. I think I'm. I don't think. Here's what I think I am. I think I'm pre new heat Twitter, but post old heat. Yeah, you're like you're like middle. You're like the middle ages. Yeah. That, I, that's kind of the lane I thought I was in too, buddy. I think that's what most of like most of heat beat is. Yeah, hey, uh, you're middle aged. He Twitter. Yeah. But you, you guys, you guys were all before me though. I came in toward the end. Like we started the podcast, and that's when I really started to use Twitter around 2012. Uh, the first Pacer series, or the first good Pacer series, I think it was, or the second title. I think we started the second title. That's when that's when Brian and I started Heat Beat, and that's when I started Twitter when I had like ten followers. So you guys are bandwagon fans. That's now. This website is this a bandwagon website? This is so bandwagon. We're gonna cover the hell out of these thirty-six wins, dude. <laughs> we are doing our most intensive work in a in a off in a bad year down season. So we're losers in a ride. Cochran, do you know the story on how I became a sports fan? No, I, please tell me. I, I'm, I'm sure I've seen it across my timeline. At one, so one I I started taking – I mean, I'd always watched the Heat, and I remember – because my uncle is a big Heat fan. Uh, when, when he used to live in my house, I would watch all the games with him. But and I, and, I, and I took a liking to basketball on my own, but I never watched it religiously. I mean, if it was on, I watched it. So, like, it wasn't until the 2009 season – when I started taking AP classes in my high school, I got was a whole new group of people that I had never met before. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I got to make friends now. So I pretended to love the heat. God damn you. They all like the heat. So you faked it till you made it. I faked it. And I think it was like five games in. And I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I think that he started off 4-0 and that year, 3-0. and And then they lost to Phoenix. And I was like, oh, my God, we were undefeated. And at that point, I was like, wait, why do I care so much? <laughs> yeah, so. Very what convenient. Year, what year timing. was this? This was a 2009. Uh, it was, no, 2008, mm. 2009, the MV3 year. Very convenient timing. No, because. I, uh, no, hold on. Wait, no, 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 no. I did watch the 15-win season. 
I did. Okay. And I remember being yeah. very happy a win at Golden State because they lost a lot. I think that was one of like winning a whole month or something. This is fascinating to see you like you look like you're tracing back childhood memories. I am. Are you crying? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. And remember, I, I, feel, I come from I a life very old, of know? waifus and esports. You know what I mean? Like this is that's, that's my, that was my I life before sports. Mean. I became because of Zoe. I saw the last name morning on a jersey when I was probably uh, like eight or nine. How and old I was like, I'm 28. You old. and so I, I saw morning and I was like, that's a pretty cool last name. And I just never knew That's what it, it meant. That I really, yeah, I saw morning, and then I got a jersey, and then I just started watching them. And next thing you know, I did the damn Marley, Vashon Leonard, Mashburn era, and it just kept going from there. Leif, did you watch the first game? That's not an old joke. They've only been around 28 years. How old are you? Uh, what? How, let me get. I'm 34. Uh, no, okay, I started so no. watching in, in 1990. My uncle took me to a game, and I just became a fan. I don't know. I just that's when I f- found sports when I was about eight years old. So my first game was like in 2009. So like I went forever without going to a basketball game. I saw a Houston Rockets Heat game. They played the Milwaukee Bucks, and they had like uh, I don't even know, like Jack Sigma or something <laughs> like that. Uh, part of my French. <laughs> My first game was um, it was against the Mavs. It was one of the Jazz or Mavs games with Shaq. That was also you. You went a while without going to. A game. Yeah, I never. Yeah, I never. I, I never. Uh, my parents never went. My parents never took me. They were big. They were more Dolphin fans. But then, uh, as I got a car, nobody watched we, football in my house. My house was a soccer house because my father's Colombian and my mother's Italian. So soccer was the only thing that was watched here. Occasionally, my uncle would put basketball on, but yeah, the Dolphins were something I learned to be miserable about on my own. First football game I ever went to was the AFC Championship against the Buffalo Bills, and we got our ass kicked. And uh, it's been that way ever since. Actually, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite stats is that the Dolphins did not win a playoff game in Dwayne Wade's entire career here. Uh, that's, that's amazing. Just- it if was you his think, fault. If you, it, totally his fault. I mean, that guy's ruined everything. Think of everything Miami's done in that span. They've went to five, was it five finals. They've been to countless conference finals, three titles, and the Dolphins couldn't win a single playoff game. Two world, well, one World Series. And in that run, the Marlins have won one, right? Yeah, 2003. The Panthers uh, made. Did the Panthers make a Stanley Cup in that run too? Well, no, no, they made ninety six. They made ninety six against the Avalanche. Um, Maybe the Canes. They won. They beat Nebraska, but I don't know if that was too early. No, nah, that is this yeah, still a Cane City? Early. Like uh, people keep like trying to tell me that this is a Cane City, and if they start winning, it will be. Football is one of those sports where football will be the most popular sport in South Florida if the teams are good. It'll eat you alive. It'll eat you alive. I'm at, but if they're not, but if it's like how it's been, then the Heat and the other teams that you know, even the Panthers, and I'm not a hockey guy hockey at all, now. but you know they. Uh, here, there's a here. Like I'll take you behind the curtain a little bit at work. Uh, since the Dolphins are on a two-game winning streak, uh, it's basically three and four right now. And in the, in the Heat, we don't really know what the Heat are. Our boss pulled us in, and he's like, "All right, guys, since the Heat are rolling right now, we can't go full Heat." We gotta we gotta ride this out and let this go because we don't want to. Because the listeners, what they do is once it gets football, they start like it just starts eating their minds up. <laughs> like Leif said, like it'll become it'll just become full football. I think that's I think that's largely a demographic thing because I think millennials in this town specifically are basketball before anything because the team has been good. The Dolphins haven't been good in that whole time, and the Heat have. And I think something that also plays into fact is in Miami, a lot of millennials like myself are from immigrant parents that did not grow up with American football. So that's not something that was like taught in their house. Because I know a lot of people like me that, I mean, you're, you're, my, your dad from Colombia or Venezuela is not 
coming to this country and, and watching football. I mean, sometimes it happens, but I think a lot of times that's not something that they watch. So the the team that was good down here was the basketball team. So you grow millennials growing up grew up with the Heat more so than the Dolphins because when you're young, you gravitate to winning. And Gianni, just say you hate the NFL, man. Get it out. Bro. I don't just hate say the that NFL. You hate. I, don't, I, hate I, the I don't love the NFL. I, but I, don't, I don't hate it. I mean, I, I I don't love football, but I don't hate it either. Like I'll watch it if it's on, and I I'll, I'll watch it. Every Saturday and Sunday, you troll your Twitter timeline. Oh, I do. I so have people who watch football. <laughs> yeah, because no, but that's funny, dude. Like that's a pastime. Like I love doing that. Well, because the Dolphins made me not care. Like, I know that they're not good, so I don't care. Yeah, they, they sucked your soul out. I, I can identify with that. I mean, I don't really – it's hard for me to care whether they win or lose at this point until you start to see some upward progress. Leif, if I thought that the Dolphins were good and if they – like, you know, and if they if – they, if I legitimately believe that they're good and then they've won a couple games and then they lose a really bad – they lose really badly – that would that would upset me, and I, and I would understand. But like this thing that we do with the fan base, side, that you know the team's not going to be good, but you trick yourself into thinking they're going to be better than they are, and then they fall on their face, and then everybody I do it every surprise. It's like, come on, I, we have to know better well, than that. The, the thing is, is the NFL was designed like that, where there's always that one team that's going to pop up and be the last wild card spot, and so yeah, one year it's, it's Carolina team. You, thing is, you don't know. Like you think, like like one year is Carolina when they just went for it on like fourth down the entire time, and they made the playoffs. And next thing you know, like like it just like Kansas City was it for one year. They went from one and fifteen. The Dolphins were that one team actually, one and fifteen yeah. to eleven and five. And then Kansas City did when they had the first pick, and they went to eleven and five the next year as well. So like, it's just all about like, hey, are we gonna get lucky this year and stumble into this? I guess That's the thing. Pa- parity lends it. Yeah, so I was just going to say, parody lends itself to hope trafficking. So that's just what happens every year with the NFL. And I think as an NBA fan, you kind of know, I mean, you may not know exactly what your team's going to be, but you have a pretty good idea, right? So, like, we know that the Heat aren't contending, and if they make the playoffs, that's that's gravy. But, like, we kind of know what they are. It, it, the NBA season is just, I think it's just wrapped differently. Uh, like, you get to, uh, in a sense of, with the NFL... It's 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 hope trafficking, and then you kind of realize, holy crap, yeah, never mind. But with the NBA, like you're just like, all right, you know, we got some guy, we got like we got to worry about two or three guys that we want to see play well. Whether you know, compared to the NFL, where you have eleven guys on the field, and so it's hard to keep up with all of it. While it's your heat, you're like, all right, is Justice Winslow going to play well? Josh Richardson, Tyler Johnson, Hassan. That's see, all we, you know. What I, what I what what about that is what I think is that the NBA lends itself better to players stories right because in in the nfl how many how many stories can you know unless they have to be special like josh norman to provide you with the i really care about this player because he's so different and special well the nba because you see their faces and there's only five guys on the court it lends itself to the tyler johnson story or the josh richardson coming out of nowhere story like i don't think in football that's as prevalent because the ones who control the game are mainly quarterbacks so it's like you kind of limit your storylines to a few players, and the NBA does a better job of letting the fan base connect with faces. Spoon is rolling in his grave right now. Oh, yeah, Matt. QB world. You just went there. I but mean, I mean, the that's, thing. But that's what it's marketed. Like, it's not, I mean, I, the quarterback's not responsible for everything, but that's how it's marketed. Well, the, the NBA does a better job of. Uh, kind of marketing superstars whereas the nfl is all about branding and and each team and like you know you got steelers fans that will travel to each road game and stuff like that um so it's more like you 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 root for the team and that's what they're gonna push whereas in the nba not every team can be good you're gonna have a whole bunch of 30 win and 40 win groups so at that point you are gonna push those superstar names and and get fans excited about coming to see hassan whiteside even if you only win 36 games well i think also basketball for the most part is can be more fun when your team is losing than football because a lot of time losing football looks really dreadful and sometimes ba- losing basketball doesn't look as dreadful as we're seeing with the heat and even the sixers last year i mean that was not a you know you could watch worse things than that those sixer teams you know what i mean i get what yeah, you're I- saying kind of um 
basically if you're a bad football team um it's terrible to watch it starts in the trenches and you're not getting anything done on offense so i mean there's not really any potential for much like entertainment value fun things to happen but if you're a bad basketball team you're still going to get some like awesome plays because all of those guys are talented enough and there's only five of them so there's not as much when you have 11 guys out there you're relying on each one of those 11 guys to do their job and if you're not a good team just the potential for things to break down and just go ugly i think are way greater when you have that large of a team would you say though the example would be when hassan first played for the heat and he had that triple double against the Bulls. So you yeah, have like absolutely. that you have that one moment where like, oh wow, triple double on national television, like this is awesome. And you know, and you kind of get to celebrate that and enjoy it maybe into the next game and it carries over for two or three games. But you see his but, face the whole time. Like something that I think is particular about this league is you see expression on guys' faces. Like we what we talked about to kind of bring us full circle, we talked about it in the beginning of the show. Hassan looking visibly frustrated when Boogie's doing that stuff. You cannot see that under a, a helmet and a face mask. You know, like you see the joy, the jubilance when guys are frustrated. You see it in their face when Kawhi Leonard misses the free throw against the Heat in the finals. You see that deer and headlights look like you experience this journey in a very kind of intimate way because you see expression that you're not getting in the other sport. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's certain moments where you'll no, come on, Gargan, you got to let the silence sit. You got to you, you have to make me feel awkward for saying that and then just let it. Okay, okay, it. keep right, keep going. No, it's keep over. Going. It's right. over. No, 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 Joke's no, dead. no. Okay. I actually kind of had a thought on that with uh, um. You made a good point, actually. Uh, no, I thought that was a great point. Um, I think, like, just the way we talk about the NBA in comparison to the NFL is just even historically where we when we talk about, like, a Wilt or an MJ or a Larry Bird or something, so much of that talking goes beyond, like, we talk about MJ and how great of a player he was, but primarily we talk about like his mentality, his fierceness, the trash talking, same goes for Larry Bird. It's a much more personal league in the way that we talk about our players. Cuz that makes sense. No, because and I I think basketball is a more expressive for, sport than football in a way of LeBron, the way LeBron's game is, he's this physical freak that distributes, that gets everybody involved, that kind of speaks to the persona he gives off, right? Like, these guys, Dion Waiters, or Chalmers, or Dion Waiters, they have, like, this flashy, overconfident game style that reflects who they are as people. You know what I mean? Like, these kinds of things, their play is demonstrative of who they are in a way. So you kind of get to know them in a way that maybe you wouldn't other players because you're kind of slave to route running and, and play calls and stuff like that. Thank you for your contributions. 